All right, so we're back here on another episode of Commanders in the Chat, episode 51, and we're here in the post-game edition of Commanders in the Chat. Obviously, uh, the Commanders fall again to the Titans by final score 21-17, to 17, uh, 1-4 on the regular season, and having and currently on a four-game losing streak. So it's funny, when we did the show Tuesday, well, well Thursday, when I got uh, Teron, who covers the uh, Titans um, for ESPN NFL Nation, I had to score 21-17, but obviously I had Washington on that one. So, yeah. Dad, if I would have had the money line on that, like as far as from a total, like if I would have did the 38, I, I, you know, I have a little bit of money well, in my, in my pocket. Right, right. So maybe I need to start doing those, like maybe at least doing the total scores. But, you know, that's in there. So <laughs> what's going on, Rob? You know, I didn't get to watch the game live. Um, I was listening to it. I had to work this morning. Uh, but going back through and watching it uh, on the NFL, on NFL.com, you know, there's one thing I learned about this team today, and it's that I have no idea what this team's problem is. Because yeah. all three facets of the game played well today. Defense played well, had five sacks. Carson Wentz, I think, threw for like three, three seventy nine, three. Oh, three fifty. Yeah, was it three seventy nine? Yeah, I think, yeah, it was three seventy. Yeah, three fifty nine. I'm sorry. He threw for three fifty nine, two touchdowns, uh, one pick. Obviously, that ended the game. Uh, Tressway played lights out, six punts, two hundred forty seven yards. Uh, he's a staple in our team now, so we might as well highlight his stats every single game. Right. But all three, all three aspects of the game played well. I just don't know. And the numbers, again, just like last week against Dallas, numbers are very similar. We had more first downs. Um, the one thing that killed us was our third down efficiency on offense. Uh, we were one for 11. Um, our We were only in the red zone once, which is at the end of the game, which is surprising. Don't really know what this team's problem is. Is it the players? I don't know if it's players because, again, the players played well. Is it the the coordinators because they put for the most part they put players in the right position to succeed? Scott Turner and Jack Del Rio. Then you have to go look at position coaches. You know, again, our liability as it is every every week is is the secondary, which gave up big plays. You know, had think gave up like four or five huge plays. So I don't really know what what the. Do, is, is it, the, is it the coordinators or is it the position coaches? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the things where I think it's really, like, when it comes down to the execution of the plays. Like, it's kind of one of the things where it's funny how we look at all these losses. It's almost like a microcosm or kind of it's a theme for every loss. Where this was the perfect week where we said, you know, we even talked about it last week. I talked about how. Yeah, we have a great personnel, but sometimes when it comes down to coaching and execution, we fall short. Like, this team is good enough to win in this league, and that's where it's kind of it's, it's weird to think here that we're sitting here at one and four with a four-game losing streak. And like you said, this game was a, a great opportunity for them to, to, to win. Like, they had great opportunities, and especially considering the fact you look at pretty much their wide receiver core. I mean, Robert Woods was the only one that was really, you know, as far as that was somewhat affordable that we looked at going to this matchup. And I still think that we did a great job on Derrick Henry. I think um, to only give him 102 yards and he really, you know, 
and they stacked the box and they did their thing with him and he still was able to get he still was able to get we knew he was gonna get his but he didn't beat yeah. us and that's the beauty mm-hmm. thing about it where at least hey that was kind of it, what we envisioned in the pre in the preview where hey we know he's gonna get his but just don't let that affect the the you know as far as when we talk about like how this game was lost or in this case and I think the thing that really is gonna bite them in the butt is the execution. I think that that Cam Sims th- pass—that's what Cam Sims throw—where it was, it was, you know, they called a challenge on that. And I'm thinking to myself, he didn't catch the ball. And even, and and, he, and even with Cam Sims, you could tell you look in his body language, he knew he didn't catch the ball. So mm-hmm. that's why a part of me was like, I was shocked that they 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 challenged it because I'm like, it's really no need to challenge because even if if you know he wasn't even really vocal about it, he would just you know, hey, uh, I dropped it. So and then when essence what ended up happening in that situation, you lose a timeout. And then when we're in the red zone, we only, you know, you know, really what well, I think we only had like one timeout at that time, I think. If we had one then, but that thing where hey, you could have used you, one of those timeouts you could had a running play and just see what you could do on that run play. So mm-hmm. that's one of those where this I think like we talked about it before we kind of went on air, where this loss I could take, this loss I can stomach. Because at least there was there was a, a opportunity for us to win this football game. Like there wasn't, you know, we talked about um, you know, before we went on air as well, where this wasn't like being down twenty-two nothing at halftime against Detroit, right. down twenty-four nothing at half, and then pretty much, you know, last week um in Dallas. So this one is like if this was like if it was a situation where this was off what like the, like maybe if it was like a third or fourth game and this is like our first loss or something like this, you would take it. But I think what makes it even worse today is because, you know, coming off a three-game losing streak and then compound, um, have this, and, you know, it's almost like a golden opportunity that slips it because now, because in my mind I was thinking, okay, we win today. You know, we got a short week coming up this week. And like, hey, if we can go to Chicago and be three and three, by Friday, we'll be at 500, and we'll still be mm-hmm. within striking distance of our NFC East foes. But now I think we've dug ourselves in deeper of a hole. So I think a lot of people are more – I think they are more, like, up, just upset because of the, the four-game losing streak, more so than anything. Yeah, and this is the first game of that four-game losing streak where we've been competitive for most of the game. Yeah. The Lions game, the, the final score was close, but, again, up until – halfway through the third quarter, actually, I think closer into the fourth quarter, it wasn't a competitive game. The Lions controlled the entire game. The Philly game was a disaster from start to finish. Dallas was kind of close in the beginning, but we're going up against Cooper Rush. Nobody should be proud of being close in the first half against Cooper Rush. Rush. You know, nothing nothing to take away from him. Uh, But this is the first game in that streak that we felt that we were in it the entire time, and there were flashes. It's not yeah. like, again, the first, the last three games were just completely dominated. Deami Brown finally showed up in, yes. you know, a year and a half into his career. Montez Sweat finally showed up with two stacks. Yes. Um, so, it, again, you know, me and you, we're not one for moral victories, but understanding who this team is and what we're pretty much expected to do this season now that we're we're going into the second quarter of the season. I think we both have accepted that this is not a playoff team. This isn't a, a contender. Uh, this is a let's 
see what we have going forward, start evaluating the roster kind of, um, and mo mostly evaluating this coaching staff, you know, how can this, this coaching staff finish off the season? Should they, should they return? A lot of people say, no, I'm one of those people. I think they should have been yeah. fired last week. Um, they're definitely not going to be fired this week, obviously with the game on Thursday. So it's just going to be interesting how this coaching staff handles everything going forward. And honestly, I'm very, very curious to see how we perform on Thursday. We're going up against what I would call an inferior opponent in the Bears. They've looked really bad, with the exception of that week one win against uh, Trey Lance and the Niners, not not Jimmy G. I think that's a different ball game if Jimmy G plays that game. Yep. Um, so who's going to benefit more or who's going to be less of a, at a disadvantage coming off of the short week, you know, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what this team does going forward. And I think like, see, even to kind of fast forward to Thursday where both of these teams are definitely are coming off of heartbreaking losses. Obviously, you know, Chicago pretty much was down in that game against Minnesota, Minnesota, you know, they, you know, not Minnesota, but Chicago comes rolling back and, you know, and pretty much taking advantage of that game and then uh, fall short, um, you know, at the end. So, like you said, this is another team where this is the this is a potential to be a golden opportunity where you know this is where you know you look at their um, offensive weapons and then you know with that's concerned, hey, that could be a definitely a great matchup for us going forward. But like I said, this this we it's it's weird. Like it's it's almost like we've been in these positions like in a weird way. Like last year, I think about Halloween when we lost to. Um, when we lost at Denver, and I think that at that time we were two and two and six. Yeah, we were two and six going into our bad week, and I remember that game was. It kind of almost early rem reminded me of that game in a sense. Well, even though it wasn't such an offensive, you know, bad, you know, as far as uh, bad offensively, but it was kind of one of those where that's a game that got away from us, and I think yeah. that's how I feel like it feels like deja vu. I think that's where I think more so than anything. Like, it, yeah, it's, and it's upsetting. And I, um, and yeah, so, so you know, what was your thoughts that um, on that end zone, uh, our, our play in the red zone, that, that final drive? I understand it from a coaching perspective. Being being down there with no timeouts, you you your only option really is to throw majority you could probably could have afforded to run one play mm -hmm. being able to maybe try to get but that's with Carson knowing and really the whole team knowing the entire playbook to possibly call two plays at once in the sense of hey we're going to run this play if it doesn't score get back to the line and this is a play we're running immediately after and then kind of read the defense go from there um it sort of looked like Scott Turner his his playbook isn't really meant for the red zone because the the two plays that the third and the second and third down play that were ran looked very similar. I almost thought for a second they were the same exact play just flipped. Yeah. <laughs> um, and but Carson kind of just he didn't stare down. He didn't. He didn't stare down uh, McKissick, but he was looking left the entire way. And they kind of knew he, that's where he was going because he did it the play before. 
I'm not overly upset with it. I'm not mad at it. I'm disappointed that it ended in, a, in an interception. Um, I don't know how it would feel if it would have ended. Because even if, if McKissick would have caught it, I don't think he was deep enough to get the the touchdown and, and they hit him immediately. But I think overall, Carson's decision-making was okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was, it it was just, I I, I honestly, it was a hell of a play by uh, Kevin Long. Let's not, let's not take away from the defense that diving play by a linebacker to have those kind of hands in that play. It's a hell of a play by him. So I would actually give him more credit than I would to look at Carson Wentz as, a bad throw or a bad decision. I was overall, I'm, I was okay with it. It just sucked the outcome because if he, because let's, let's say it would have gone our way, they would have scored. We we would have no, we would not even be discussing what we thought about the that that final drive or that final play. Yeah, and that's where it's like it's kind of it's interesting. I think that play is kind of and like it was to a point where we almost kind of got a taste of. An interception because Tart was he was and on I think mm-hmm. I forgot what down that was he was on the verge of making a play on that ball so it was kind of second like, down was, that was right before that was, yeah that was right that was the next that was the play before the interception yeah. and you're like oh boy like but it's just one of those things where it's just like you're gonna run that risk and like you said I think because with the timeout and not having the timeout really killed us in that in that oh, predicament because yeah. we all know like when you're throwing it in the in the red zone in the end zone. It's it's a condensed field, so you know yeah. you're gonna run into that. It's not like we got a guy on the Allen, or you can play prevent defense. You right. know, if you know if you're only two yards short, everybody gonna collapse around that. You know, around that. You know, around that. You know, that area. So it's it's gonna be a dangerous throw through regardless. And it's kind of one of the things where it's really difficult to even maneuver in that spot. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's like. I mean, and I'm not and people, and I know people saying, you know, bench, you know, bench wins and all that. Like, honestly, you can't, you can't because, because he hasn't played at least 70% of the snaps. Unless you want your second round, you'll want your second round pick to go to Indianapolis. Right. You want, you want, so y'all, be, trust me, you want to keep him. And like, to me, I don't, this is one of those where I don't, in, in, the, in the weird way about this game. Even though Carson went through the interception, but this isn't gonna fall on him. I I feel as though like the the issue I think at hand is, <laughs> but um yeah, but <laughs> okay, but anyway, I digress. But yeah, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but hey, it is what it is. They laugh now, but come November, if we come roaring back, I I want to clip this. Or, or come April when we're picking, when we're trying to decide between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Exactly. Who will be laughing the then? Who will be laughing now? Yeah, and I think it, that's the thing where I look at the loss. Like, I mean, out of all the four losses that we had, this one is sting. But it's this is almost like if we lost by a field goal. That's how I really feel. It's almost like, hey, it, it is what it is. It really sucks yeah. that we're in, in this spot. And it is one of those things where just the, the execution of it, it's just like 
damn you do, damn if you don't. And I think if you look at any of the, you know, the top quarterback, even the elite quarterbacks in this league, that's a hard throw to make. I mean, we've had we've had situations, you know, where guys have, you know, thrown, you know, thrown in the you know, th- thrown right in the end zone and bad things have happened. I mean, it's yeah. it's going it's, it's bound to happen. So it's just one of those where I don't think that my biggest thing was I wish we would have had the extra timeout because at least we could have at least got a running play. We could have got something to stop that clock because at that time you really can't do anything about being so being that close. You're going to run that risk of if you snap the ball, you know, Tennessee going to do something to finagle with that football. It's, you know, it's going to be one of those where you, you're just not going to – it's not going to bowl well. Mm-hmm. But, so, and – I think this is one of those games where Ron Rivero, I'm I'm sure I haven't seen the press conference yet, but this is one of the games where if he were to say something like, oh, we're we're a couple plays away or we just got to fix a couple things and we're right where we need to be, this is the game to say that after. Not after getting blown out by the Eagles, not after getting blown out by uh, Cooper Rush. This is a game where you can say there's a few tweaks because this is what that game looked like. A few things here and there, a couple different calls. I think one of the passes to, I think, uh, Curtis Samuel or Deami Brown, I can't remember which one, I thought was a pass interference. I think it was late in the fourth quarter. Um, but to Patrick's question, where's McLaurin getting doubled? Yes, he. I'm not so much he's getting doubled. He's getting most of the attention. Obviously, he's wide receiver number one. Not only that, you look at how much time Carson Wentz has in the pocket to go through his reads. Most of uh, most of Terry McLaurin's routes take time to develop. Curtis Samuel is the one running those short routes. Um, same with Jahan Dotson was running kind of the five and, and p- the post routes. McLaurin's routes, for the most part, take time to develop. If you notice when McLaurin is getting the ball, it's on the curls, it's on the quick slant, letting him do something. Now, is that something that Scott Scott, Scott Turner should implement more of? Yes, absolutely. And yeah, and that's what and, and to and to Pat's point where I think and that's the thing where even we talked about it in the preseason where it's like an embarrassing embarrassment of riches in a sense where you got four guys that literally are the same type of wide receiver. Yeah. So you can always switch them around. Like Terrell always has to be outside. Like you said, he can do a, a you know a crossing route, you can do all kinds of get the defense confused. But that's not saying that, and that comes down to the coaching, almost to to my to to uh, my knowledge last week about you know having having the food and having the groceries, but not having the recipes to cook. And yeah. that's I think where it is because, and that's the beauty of our wide receiver core. Where hey, you got guys that are interchangeable parts. It's not like we don't have a singular wide receiver. Oh, this person is good for this for this route. This person's good for that route. Or one's good outside, one's inside. One can do a curl. One can do a drag. All of them can do with the same thing. So they're like they're the Swiss Army knife. They all they all got blades and they all can cut. Right. And <laughs> and just like Patrick just said, his next comment, hundred yeah. percent gotta figure out a way to get him the ball. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Put him in those spots. And and just like I said, whenever Terry does get the ball, they're on the short routes, the the hitches, the slants, and he's taking he's breaking tackles going for 12, 15, 20 yards. Almost a piece. There was at one point this team was averaging ten yards a play, you know, er, uh, early in the second quarter. I think it was like that. Those are the kind of things, and and it kind of hurts us. I will say it does hurt us in the red zone, having Terry McLaurin, Jahan, Jahan Dotson, if he were to play, 
Diami Brown and Curtis Samuel, they're all kind of the same small, shifty, fast players. We don't have a Mike Evans or Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson where we could throw that fade up and, and let him go get the 50-50 ball. So it does hurt us in the red zone, but Scott Turner, he tries not to be in the red zone a lot. He, he likes those big plays. Uh, the, and honestly, it's that, it's that offensive line. We get that offensive line squared away, give Carson Wentz a full three and a half to four seconds to go through his reads, go through his progressions, let Terry run those routes to take time to get open and won't have any problem. The biggest problem with this team is that offensive line. For sure. And like you look at this week where it was, it was evident and it's like in, in Tennessee, they to perfection where it's like they, they exploited that weakness. So that's one thing too, where they did what they were supposed to do in that predicament. And just, you know, and, you know, going back to kind of ter- to Terry's point where, like you said, he, you know, we got he has the opportunity, and I think he said, and that and that kind of be one of those where, and like even to your point, Rob, where you said, like, you know, um, Scott Turner really like the, the, the off, you know, the uh, being in the red zone. You look at the two scoring plays, I mean, one was for 75 yards, and then the other one was for 30 for, for Deami Brown. So, you know, to your point, where and then you know, it's just you know, it's just one of those where it's just like, and then our, our boy Nick Martin, they just I mean, he just looked like I think who was it? I think it, it might be Fred Smooth that said they had him on skates all <laughs> all game. I, forgot, I think it was Fred Smooth that said they had him had him on skates. And this is I where like, he would say. Yeah, so I think yeah, I think it was Fred Smooth that said he was on skates all day. But um <laughs> but yeah, and like you said, and you have to give Carson Wentz the time. I think that's one thing too where what sometimes get lost in, especially, you know, especially when we talked about the last previous two games where, you know, obviously Carson was getting sacked nine times that, that first game. And we, you know, pretty much were saying, Hey, it's those nine sacks are pretty much a combination of, of him and also a combination of that line as well. So I think it's one of those like a lion's share type of blame for this, yeah. but like a game like this, like you said, you, you know, and it's one of those where this could be, a. am I'm hoping that this is a game that can kind of, Turn everything around, um, yeah. because to me, and, and like, and this is one of where where you just understand, hey, you're you're that close. Like these are the kind of games that you want to be in when it's you know that you had an opportunity to win this football game, and you know, and and and, and I was even impressed. I mean, even the drives that they had, even going into the fourth quarter, I was pretty much impressed. And then stopping Tennessee, and that's one thing too. Where I think what they at one time they were like zero and eight converting on third down at one point. Like, we were stopping them on third down. I was, like, really impressed about what we did on that end. And, like you said, Montez Sweat had a hell of a game. He was getting pressure and all that. And, you know, and then that opened up the floodgates. You had guys like, you know, Jonathan Allen doing his thing. And, and, you know, it's just one of those where – and then even with that, you know, and then even with the interception, we only had one turnover in this game. So that's another – positive thing you look in his loss where you know it's, if you if the ball bounced a certain way we could be talking about this and it's not and not saying like you said it's not gonna be like a, a moral victory but i mean a moral loss but it's one of the things hey this is something that especially in the short week this is the kind of game that hey we'll have to fester on this for a week we got four days to take care of business and then from there you know then from there essentially you know 
what happens on Thursday and then, you know, you get yourself, you know, hopefully you, you know, come out with that victory and then you get yourself 10 days and get ready for Green Bay. So, yeah. you know, and at this point in this season, you just you really got to look at it from a standpoint of one game at a time, one game at a time where, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, you know, the schedule looks a little different, you know, obviously, you know, with everything that's going on, but this is a good, I think this is definitely a good opportunity if, you know, they've learned their their lesson in this game, it's going to translate to Thursday. Yeah. So, and, you know, so that's what we always look at these shows and, you know, these, these games where, hey, what do you learn from this loss and what can you take away? And so my thing is, what was your thoughts on Ron Rivera? Because he even said that, you know, that he, it, this is not, it's, it's that time to panic. He said, I hate that. I'm going to let you talk about that first. <laughs> I get why he says it. Yes, as a head coach, you don't want to press the panic button. And, you know, after week after a week five loss, I think to us he's saying that, but I, I think he knows. He knows damn well it's time to panic. A week five loss, you're sitting at one and four. This isn't, this isn't 2019 where you're sitting at one and four with the other three teams in the division. You're sitting at one and four with – the Giants at four and one right now. Yep. The Eagles, last I saw, they were tied with the um, with the Cardinals at seventeen. They could possibly move to five and one, and then depending on what the Cowboys are able to do at at LA, they the won. Rams haven't looked like a, a Super Bowl can a Super Bowl repeat champion so far this year. And Cooper Rush has been doing enough and a little bit more. To, to win ball games. I mean, we watched it last week. Even though we're a terrible defense, Cooper Rush was still making plays where he needed to make where he needed to make plays. We could be sitting at one and four with the rest of the division at four and one later on tonight when the Sunday night game kicks off. It is definitely the time to panic. Yeah, it, you didn't you you haven't lost four games in a row, close nail biters on the last second field goal with a call not going your way, you're, you've gotten blown out three of these four games. It is definitely time to panic. He, 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 and it should be time to panic for him personally, not just for the team and the organization and the fan base. Him specifically, his seat is probably the hottest of all the coaches in, in the league right now. You wanted full and total control over this roster. You got it. You let people like Brandon Scherf go. You let people like Tim Settle uh uh, uh, Matt Ioannidis go, you let all these people go to bring in your Carolina guys who were in Carolina back in 2012 when you coached, thinking that they're going to do something. Trey Turner is probably one of the worst offensive linemen I've ever seen in recent <laughs> memory. And I'm sure he, he's fine. He's just, he's like, what, 28, 29, pushing 30. You know, he didn't get a lot of reps. We talked about this last week or two weeks ago. He didn't get a lot of reps in the offseason because he was resting his body. Like you wanted full, full control over this roster, you got it, and you're sitting at one in four, in in week in uh, year three. Yeah. You've gotten worse every single year. There, it, it it's time to panic for him. Yeah, and like you said, so Dallas did win, so they're four and one. Philly did pull off at one, so and Philly's. Five and zero, and obviously the Giants won. Um, won in London early this morning, so yeah, they're four and one. So, like you said, it is a panic because you think about it, and like we talk about this every weekend. We're probably talking about this every weekend, weekend and week out. Where 
you know, when you can't took over this team in 2020, Philly was a laughing stock. Look at them now, they're undefeated. They're probably one of yeah. you know, a good team. The Giants was a team that they they didn't even win four games sometimes in a season. Now they've won four games already. The division has changed since you came. And the only constant is you is you being under under 500. And yeah. that's the problem. And that's where, you know, there is a panic. There's got to be a sense of urgency at this point. Because like we talk, even talked about last week where, you know, we were talking about we were only three out. Now we're four out. Yeah. We're four out. So now we talked about a month. This going to be a month and some change. Like, it's, it's to a point where things got to have to happen catastrophically for us to even get back into contention. You know, and considering the fact that you had two already, you, you know, you've already had two divisional games. So it's just one of those where it's just like you, there is a, you have to panic. And like, I understand, like you said, there's a sense of urgency. That I mean, there, there shouldn't be a sense of urgency, but it is. It has to be a sense of urgency, especially considering the fact of, and in one of the comments where this can't be changed overnight. Well, your other three, the other three teams that you that you go against twice a year, they've they've done stuff over that. It may not be overnight, but over a semblance of, of time since you've been here. So it's like, what's the excuse? And like you said, the high seat, if, if you know, if him him and Matt rule, like, and it's and it's odd. Carolina, y'all want y'all y'all want y'all coach back? <laughs> y'all right. y'all want y'all back? Hey, you know what's funny? I don't remember who. Yeah. I don't remember who said it, who tweeted it last week, but when Ron Rivera said it's not going to happen overnight, they they tweeted out, "You've had one thousand thirty six nights since you've taken over. <laughs> like we're, we're we're not asking for overnight. We're asking for gradual improvement, which we have not right. seen. But just on on an interesting note, Ron Rivera during his time in Washington, just in Washington, has been above five hundred twice." His very first, his very first year, won in week one against Philly, and then four weeks or three weeks ago, four weeks ago against Jacksonville. That has been the only two times that he has been above five hundred. Embarrassing. It's embarrassing, and this is where because you you think to yourself like. Because I'm thinking, like, like when you said, it, I was like, he was, but then obviously because the first two wins, I mean, because yeah. they, you know they were opening game, opening day wins, so and that's where it's just like, and you just seeing everything else in this league where you even look at like a Jets, even though I know they played the third string quarterback today, but they're they're turning themselves around. They're not, you know, and then hell, even the Houston Texans won today. Like good it's for them. That's the thing. good, for, great for them. And like you, you're, but the thing about all that is, things are happening around this league, and people are winning football games. And then you're sitting here telling us, "Well, don't, don't, don't worry, don't panic." Right. It's five weeks in. You've only won one game. The last time you won a game is it's been a month. It's been a month since you won a game. It would be a month. What? What's today? Today is the ninth, so eleventh is what Tuesday. Yep. So yeah, you haven't won a game in almost twenty-eight days. You haven't won a game in twenty-eight days, and there's no sense of a panic. 
like this is a results-driven league. Like this is a what have you done for me lately? Like no one's gonna sit there and think about all oh, what you did in Carolina that fifteen and one season. No one's gonna care about yeah. that type of stuff. And it's just like this type of stuff is just like. And, you know, and it's one thing you, you know, and that's one thing too, you have to have some sense of urgency to a point where, Hey, you, you gotta get this stuff done. Like it's just, it's gets to a point where it's just like, I just, I just do not understand what, what's the rationale behind that. And even, even in his pressure today, he's upset at like the questions that are being asked, like obviously like with the timeouts and all that type of stuff. But I'm like, this is, this is what you, you have to make sense of what happened. Like, and I understand, yeah, you're upset and all, but you, you'd have to make sense of what happened today. Like there's a lot of questions that need to be asked about what happened today. And for you to kind of be kind of standoffish is kind of like, I mean, Hey, this, this, this is a part of it all. So yeah. I mean, it's he, because he knows, he knows he wanted full control of this roster. He got it. And this yeah. roster sucks. Especially on on and that's the thing. The roster doesn't suck. The the the, the offensive line is trash. Yeah, and and, and, and he, what I'm bad. And he has done nothing to address the linebacking linebacker. His position, his position, the position right. he played in the NFL. Not only him, his defensive coordinator as well. Both played linebacker in this no league, league at the highest level. Oh. He was part of, in my opinion the second best defense to ever play. I do put the 2012 Seahawks above the 85 Bears. That's just me. We can argue about it. Let me know. I do put put 2012 Seahawks defense above the 85 Bears. But you have what a lot of people think is the best defense to ever be assembled. And you cannot figure out the linebacking position. If, If nothing else, our linebacking I, core should be the best in the league. I know. And that's weird. Like, I always look at that stuff, too. And then also, you know, we talk about, like, as far as personnel that we let go. And you think about it. And, I, and now I sit down and think about it, like, as far as guys. You know, obviously, you brought up, you know, Brandon Sheriff, um, you know, Eric Flowers. And then you think about one of his first first idiotic moves was getting rid of Trent, Trent Williams. And so I, so I don't I don't blame him for that. He had to. Trent was not coming back regardless. Yeah, no, he, I, yeah. When he was hired, he did sit down with Trent and he, he did try and, I, and I'm and i pretty sure at that point Trent was like it doesn't matter. And because yeah. for Trent it wasn't the, the yeah. it, it really did go all the way up to the owner in the front office yeah. and I think at that point yeah. Trent was done. Yeah, but and that's one thing too where that fence should have been mended and I hope that does. Not saying that he'll ever suit up for Washington, but I like as far as when he goes to Canton um, you know, will he, you know, will he be a, you know, when he goes to Ken, you know, will he sign a one year deal with us and become a commander for life? Yeah. I think that's what I want. I want that, that, that fence to be mended. But yeah, but the thing about this is just like, but yeah, I mean, it's what a, what a hell of a game. What a, what a damn game that was. What a, what a, so let me ask you this. Game. So yeah. just, to put you on the spot real quick, yeah. well, obviously mm-hmm. nobody's fired yet, but I'm fairly certain that Ron Rivera will be fired at some point this season. He might be the first coach fired on Black Monday. <laughs> who who do you look at to replace him? You know, a lot of people, 
You know what's weird? So it's a, it's a few people I've I've had in mind in a sense, and it's kind of it's, it's somewhat like a backwards thinking. Um, I, I definitely like the defensive coordinator for San Francisco. I can't believe I forgot his name already. Uh, because I I get him confused. Um, not Ryan Most. Is it Ryan Most? No, it ain't Ryan Most. It's God. What's what's his name? Demico. No, is it Demico Ryan? Yeah, Demico Ryan. Yeah, Demico Ryan. I, I always get those those guys that play for Houston for some like I get him. Remember Amobia um, Kobe? Like remember him? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why I always think that's him, but I'm like no. So to me, I think he he would be good. I think anybody comes from like that Shanahan type of regime because you look at like Mike, what Mike McDaniel's is doing, uh, Robert yeah. Sala's doing, and the Jets. Like he's developed a nice tree. He would be a short list. But I know we need somebody offensively. But I think with a guy like D'Amico Ryan, I think it could work. I think he should be – he would be like my front the my front guy as far as who would be the head coach. I leaned a lot of it towards um, towards uh, Eric Bieniemy, but a part of me is like there's a reason. Like it's kind of one of those where – I don't have a good read on him, even though I like. This is where I get confused, and that's one thing too. Where like sometimes it's like you just need to trust people who you know know about him and don't listen to the noise. Because I think, because obviously, um, uh, I, I know something. Um, someone who I, I got, Darren Smith. He's I don't think he's came on our show. Before. He came on a couple of shows. Like yeah, I think he came on like See You Sunday. A couple. He came on some of our shows all together. But he covers the Chiefs. He talks about Eric Bieniemy in a way like, "Hey, he'll be a great coach." But did I? And I, I need to just stick with what Darren said. He 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 knows the in and outs of that organization more than any you know more than just about anybody. He's been with the Chiefs for almost thirty years and or, or what have you for a long time. But then I hear the Shady McCoys, and they're like, "Oh, you know, he don't know he don't know how to um, run the offense. All he do is yell." But then I'm like, well, LaShawn McCoy only had a cup of coffee in Kansas City. So it's almost right. like, why am I letting him affect somebody who's actually an insider, who covers the team day in, day out, who te- who, can, who says and illustrates just about damn near every day about Eric Bieniemy and right. can, can kind of clear up those type of rumors. And he's always been good as far as like clearing up those type of the rumors and innuendo people say, well, he doesn't play the doesn't you know call plays and this that third, but it's a lot of off guys who were offensive coordinators that aren't that didn't play calls like our guy Lafleur he didn't he didn't yeah. play, he didn't do it in Tennessee, but look what right. he's doing bring back yeah so who who you who you who you think so I just want to touch on the point you you talking about Mike McDaniel's and what he's doing he's getting quarterbacks killed out here I just want to say that oh boy so. yeah <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That, that's a whole, and I wish I, I wish I didn't have the work schedule that I had because I wanted to talk about that so bad on on a on a cruise island episode. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I like Demico Ryan's. Eric Bieniemy is first first uh, top of my list as far as offensive minds go. Mm-hmm. Um, second, and really this is my only list offensively. Eric Bieniemy and Byron Leftwich, what he's oh, been yeah. able to do. Yeah. In Tampa Bay is is awesome. I he was one of my favorite quarterbacks as a kid. Remember uh, seeing him play in Jacksonville? I, I liked him a lot. But 
that's really my my short list. We have pretty much the same as Bienemy. I have left switch, and then I wouldn't be mad at D'Amico uh, Ryan's either, just because of what Shanahan he is producing a lot. He has produced a lot of head coaches. Um, not, and you know, we're not, we're not going to speak on the fact that all of those coaches were once on this Washington staff. Yeah, as well. Right. And they I all know. have winning records right now. All of them. All of them. And that's the thing where, you know, and and yeah, I ain't, I forgot about Byron Leftwich as well. Like, and then obviously with the DC connection as well, he would definitely be um he'll you know, he would be, I would say not necessarily the, the prodigal son, but he'll be, you know, someone that, you know, could, could be potentially the messiah of the DMV for us right. potentially. So yeah, and I think so. And I think it's just one of those where he said, we don't, we know how this thing is going to go. And it's almost like if they continue on this path, and I think even if they don't, if they even fall short and don't make the playoffs, regardless that Ron Rivera is going to be out. I think, like you said, it's, it's almost to a point where, especially now in a league where there's not a five year plan, the guys are getting, you know, it's, it's less than that, especially mm-hmm. looking at the success of other teams in this division and how the NFL, in essence, is like a turnover thing where it's just like, you know, the parity is, is great where it's like there's no need for you to be bad for three years in a row. You know, right. something is something is, di- you know, when you have so much other opportunities, you have like obviously like last place schedules, um, then also just the turnarounds and roster you know, draft picks, all kind of stuff that can make you that can that can make you a better team quicker than than what people deemed as like, oh, you know, you got fat years to turn around. No, you don't have fat years to turn this thing around. No, you don't. Because then it goes <laughs> back to Ron Rivera said this can't happen overnight. Brian Dayball is basically doing with the Giants literally overnight. He, right. he this is his first year as a Giants head coach. This is his first year, right? Yeah, this is his first year. Yeah. 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 Four and one as as a head coach. Right. Same thing with uh tic tac toe up in Philadelphia. So he, yeah, he, Nick, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nick Serini, yep. second season. First season went to the playoffs with as a wild card last year. Second season has them sitting at 5-0, and arguably the best team. They're, they're obviously number one in everybody's power rankings. No, obviously, if yep. the playoffs started today, number one seed in the NFC, home yep. field advantage. Right now, looking like MVP front runner, Jalen Hurts. It's like, it it can happen overnight. It It really can. Yeah. You just need the right pieces. You need the right assistant. You need the right people around you, which Ron Rivera does not have. And Ron Rivera himself is probably not the right person. I know. And that's and that's the thing where it's just like I don't for the life of me, just like you said, you you can do this. Like it's like one of those things where it's just like the, the, those excuses you, you can't use it as a as a valid excuse because right. We see this often and time and time again. And like you said, you know, and Brian Dayball, and now you look at even like with the Giants, they're learning how to win in the fourth quarter. The world was yeah. one of their biggest issues. They're learning now to, to, to play in the fourth quarter and, and they know how to win. You know, obviously great wins against uh, Green Bay, a great fourth quarter stop, you know, fourth down stop for them in London this week. And then week one when they went to Tennessee and they, they, um, they did their thing, you know, in Tennessee. And, you know, and they've had their opportunities. And even in that Dallas game and that loss, they still had an opportunity to win that football game. So, I mean, Jackson literally can beat potentially 5-0, and oh, you know. Yeah. And like you said, and and that's where it's, it's interesting because that's they really never – they, they, they didn't necessarily have a 
roster overhaul in a sense, not in the in the, not in the grand no. scheme of things, but that shows you, hey, they can win. Like this, this is you know, you know, they can win a football game, and they can win football games, and they and they have a you know, and that's and that's the I think that's the biggest issue. I think for us, it's like, hey, why can't these type of things happen to us? You know, yeah. everybody, you know, so yeah, everybody got the same, you know, twenty four hours and. Everybody else can do it overnight, but hey, you know, but that's here, here, no there, but yeah. So, we would have put a bow in the post game, yeah. So, for all final thoughts and uh, social media, what you got going on? Um, y'all already know where you can find me, FNC Pod on Twitter, Football and Show Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Again, I don't have anything big in the near future. Um, before I move, uh, permanently move down here to San Diego, I don't have my um, my setup right now. Um, but once I do, obviously, is getting straight into uh, postseason prep, and then obviously offseason prep uh, with a a big focus on what this Commanders team is is going to do in April. Yeah, who knows? Because if you're looking at it now, I think we're the owners of a third overall pick, so. I'm like who else is who else is one and four? Obviously um, Houston. I think because well Houston won today, so I think let me actually look at the oh, updated. So they're they won two games now. They won one because remember they had that tie. Oh, they tied. They tied. Yeah, I think because I think we are third. I'm going to actually pull it up because I know they were saying that we're third. And let's see, take a point. Okay, hold on. Oh, you know why? I hadn't thought about it. So, okay, because it was it was Carolina, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and then Washington. Which I'm like, I'm thinking shouldn't shouldn't we be above Detroit since they? That's beat what us? I'm thinking too. So so it'll be it'll be Carolina, Pittsburgh, and then us. Yeah, so we third. So Carolina's number one. And Pittsburgh, and I, hey, you know, I, I know. Let me, let me not even do it because I'm, I'm over here acting like it's March already. Uh, you know, I'm acting like it's the trap world already. But I like that's gonna be interesting. And then, you know, and I just, and one thing, one thing, I just hope, I just hope New Orleans have a successful season because I do not want Philly to have a top draft pick. Like, and yeah. on top of that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be just be the, the, uh, a death blow for the NFC East. But yeah, so uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, my other podcast, uh, Couch Coach Live. Um, check out the podcast, you know, we get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, with there. Did also Commanders in the Chat podcast. You can check us out on anywhere, Apple, Spotify is there. Social media, Commanders ITC, that's on Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. And um, yeah, and we got a great show lined up for you. So we got a quick turnaround for the commanders in the chat. So we'll have a show live on Tuesday, uh, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We'll preview our matchup with the Chicago Bears. We have a special guest joining us on Tuesday to preview our matchup on Amazon. So you know, we, so can... also real quick, we may have something special on Thursday. Gotta kind of work out the details. We'll talk about it right now. Okay. But, uh, once, we, okay. once we get out here, but we might have something special for you guys on Thursday. Okay. Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm here for it. You, you feel me? You know? But yeah. So, 
Yeah, man. So this has been this week's, well, not this week's, but this has been uh, the commands in the chat post game. Um, and we're here. And, man, we'll catch you guys in 48 hours, man. So, and, and we're out.